with uh, everything that we hear and see. It has been my intention now for several weeks to counter that by giving you what God says and how what God says counters what the world is feeding us and that God shows us that His plan is the one that brings victory no matter what Satan tries to feed us through the secular world. And I'm going to do that again today. You remember last week that I used the scripture found in Exodus with Moses where Moses told God that I'm willing to go anywhere and do anything as long as you are with me. And please do not take your presence away from me. And then I went to the book of Psalms and talk with you about the power of the Holy Spirit and how it was the Holy Spirit that moved and accomplished things, but the Holy Spirit used us as his instruments. And I use the example of Dr. Billy Graham. When every crusade that he went into, according to those that were there with him, in his motel room, before he went on, his stage there to preach, he would lie prostrate and he would tell the Lord through prayer, please do not take the Holy Spirit from me during this service. Because Dr. Graham knew who brought the power into these services. Today, I'm going to use another example of someone that God used in a mighty way. The scripture that I shall use is probably more familiar to you than the scripture that I used last week. Uh, but it is just as empowering as what I brought last week. And my purpose in using this scripture is to show you that the tactics of Satan do not really change over time. That you can go into the Garden of Eden and see him at work and follow him up to the present day and you will see him doing the basic same things to deceive people, to try to get them to not listen to God and follow his pathway in the way they live their life and the way they treat other human beings. And this morning, I want us to look at 2 Kings 6 as we look at Elisha. It's really the 8th through the 23rd verses, but I don't have time to read all those verses, uh, but I will discuss some of them uh, as I deliver this message uh, for you. Uh, and if you want to read others while I preach, please do, if it helps clarify what, for what I'm saying to you. But I'm using the ones that help me uh, make my points uh, in this message. What's going on here with Elisha is that the king of Aram wants to go to battle with the nation of Israel. And he thinks that he is going to surprise them 
and defeat them. That he will come in secretively and they will not be expecting him and he'll surprise them. They will be defeated and he will gain a great victory. He left out one thing. And that was that the nation of Israel had a God named Jehovah. And he was the one that protected his people. There was a prophet named Elisha who was God's earthly spokesman for the nation of Israel at that time and one that God revealed his thoughts and ideas and his idea uh, commands for the nation of Israel. So the picture is that here's the king of Aram. He desires to take over the nation of Israel and make them captive. And every time he comes up with a plan to do that, there's strange thing happens. Elisha sends to the king of Israel word that this is what the king of Aram is going to do. Be prepared. Don't go there because he will be there and he will be waiting on you. And as a result, when the king of Aram gets where he's going, there's no Israelites for him to take because God has protected them. Well, that happens numerous times. And he gets very frustrated. He then decides that there is a traitor in his midst. Because how else could all of his plans with his brilliant generals and him be found out and thwarted? How else could it happen? So he confronts his people and they tell him, look, it's not us. There's this dude down in this certain place by the name of Elisha. And he is a man of God. And he is the one that is warning the king of Israel. So the king here representing Satan says, that's okay. I'll kill him. And he sends his army to encircle the place where Elisha is. Now, picture in your mind a vast army to get one man. A vast army to go after one man. The first thing I want you to see from that picture before I take you on down the road for this message is this. Satan today will use a vast army 
to take down one Christian if he can. In a moment, I will give you his reason why he will do that. Have you ever been in a situation where one bad thing happens to you and then all of a sudden it seems like the sky falls on the top of your head? You ever been there? That is Satan encircling you. That's exactly what it is. And that tactic has been used by him from the beginning of the Old Testament and it will be tried throughout the book of Revelations. And it has failed every time. It will be ineffective with you too. And here's why. One of Elisha's servants came out the morning and he looks up and there is that vast army around his camp. And he's terrified. And he goes running to Elisha. And he says to Elisha, he says, Master, there are armies around us. They're going to try to harm us. And Elisha just looked at him and he says, I know that. And he said, don't be afraid. And the man didn't know how to handle it. Can I say something to you today for someone that does not have the standing that Elisha has? There are a lot of things that are going on right now in this world in which we live. Satan is definitely trying to encircle us, not only as a nation, but as an individual person. And he is, he is trying his best through pain, through affliction, through fear, through every, every arrow he has in his quiver to make us so afraid that we will lose our hope. And that we will forget all of the instances that God gives us in his word where he has proven that he will not desert us in those times. Because Satan knows that if he can get us to give up hope, he's got us. Let me give you an example of a story that I found. I thought it was really interesting. There was this young student that went to school and each day this bully would take his lunch away from him. And so finally, he told his dad what was happening. And his dad said, well, we've got to do something about this. So he started 
giving him lessons on how to defend himself. And at first, it built up the young man's hope. As he fought the bully, the bully kind of backed off a little bit. But then, the young man got tired of having to fight. And so he just started giving the bully his lunch. And so he told his father, Daddy, I just got tired of having to fight. And I figured it was easier just to give him my lunch than have to fight him every day. Have you ever been there in your spiritual relationship, in your spiritual walk? We are in a spiritual battle, my friends. It is not a physical battle. It is a spiritual battle. In the, in the picture I just gave to you, there were three battles going on. One is the battle between Elisha and Satan. Elisha representing God, Satan representing himself. There was the battle going on between the king of Aram and the king of Israel. And then there was the spiritual battle going on between the ones in heaven representing God, or the, between heaven, and the one representing Satan. So you had three. The young man fought till he got tired and quit. I have been there where it would be just that easy for me to have quit. And you have too. I'm not asking you to admit it. But you've been there. Because he has encircled you and you say, what else could happen? I am fighting and fighting and fighting and it still, these things hit me. What else can happen? And then it happens. When that happens, Satan is trying to take your hope away. What did Elisha say to his servant? It's okay. It's okay. And then what he did? What was the weapon Elisha did to counter Satan? In this church, Every time I hear of a need, be it physical or whatever, I, I hear multitudes of you 
who say we need to pray. And throughout the scripture, God says to us, pray, and I will hear your prayer, and I will respond to it in conformity with my will. But I will respond. Elisha said, Father, so that my people here in the compound with me can understand, open their eyes first so that they can see what's up there in heaven. The spiritual battle that's going on. Open their eyes so they can see what is up there protecting them. And what was it? There were angels with their mighty swords. There were angels on chariots of fire encircling all of the army of Aaron ready to strike them down on a second's notice. Now remember, we have seen an angel in previous scripture protect the nation of Israel. One angel with one sword killed 185,000 Assyrians, haven't we? When they were coming after the nation of Israel. One angel. This scripture tells us that God totally surrounded that vast army of Aram with multitudes of angels and chariots of fire. My second point. Regardless of whether Satan thinks he has encircled us as a nation or encircled us as an individual, God has encircled him with those angels and those spiritual weapons that he has given us to defeat Satan. Now some will say, well, we don't know what's going to happen in two weeks. And my response to you is, I may be disappointed, but I will not be defeated because God will take it and turn it into what He wants it to be. And those that oppose Him will see those angels with those mighty swords when God decides it's his time. There was a story being told of, and this will be my third point, a little girl that got to go on a flight with her father. And uh, when I practiced law, it, it was my policy that anytime I flew out of state, when my girls got old enough, I would take one of them with me on each trip uh, just so they could experience flying in an airplane. You know. But I would take one of them with me. 
And so when I found this story, I said, well, I, I'm going to use it. But this little girl was with her father, and they were flying, and they run into some bad weather. And so the pilot announced, I've got to go up higher to get out of this bad weather. And so they went up, and when they got up over the bad weather, it was clear. But the little girl looked out her window, and she saw this gigantic circular rainbow. And she looked at her daddy, and she says, Daddy, I've never seen a rainbow as high up as God is. When Satan encircles you, and he tries to take your hope away from you, and he tries to weaken your faith, look at the rainbow from God's eyes, and it will always be higher than the world will let you see it. You think about it. If you're here on earth and you see a rainbow, you only see half of it. Right? Anybody ever seen a full circular rainbow from here? I haven't. I haven't even seen one on an airplane. Um, but I was a little curious. I, I thought, I said, well, I'll check that out and make sure I'm going to be telling the truth. It is true. See the situation from the eyes of God. That situation tells you that God never has told us that Satan will not try to tempt us, that he will not seek to destroy our faith, he will not try to take our hope away, that we will not be afflicted, that we will not suffer. He has never told us that. He has told us to look at it through my eyes and know that I will give you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. so that you can see through. You know, I have to confess to you that I have probably in my life asked more why questions than many of you. And God still hadn't answered them. <laughs> but what God has given me is a an understanding of revelation, does it really matter that if he tells me why a particular thing happened? What really matters is he says, here's where I want you to go. And this is what I want you to do. 
and I'm going to help you get there. And I'm going to give you a spirit of wisdom so that you can do it the way I want you to do it. And then your life will have a new meaning. That's what he said, and that's what he did, and it was the truth. I'm getting close to being finished. My fourth point is this. We must keep our faith so that we know that even when we cannot see God protecting us, We have to know he's there. We have to know he's there. Because he is. Jesus says, I will never leave you. And he's always there. I've told you several times about the lady that I was in the hospital with her when she died, and the family called and wanted me to come. And uh, I was in ICU with her as the heart monitor slowly faded away. And the family was distraught, and I, I told them, I said, you know, what you, what you need to think about is that she has been in terrific pain. She's been suffering now for months. And I said, if you think that she has been in here on this heart monitor and this ICU by herself, then you're wrong. I said, if God would open our eyes and let us see I can assure you that there are several angels right here with her ready to take her on the, the notice that comes from God to take her. But they've been with her now ever since she came into this hospital in before. I said, because God has promised us that. And you need to look at this situation through the eyes of God. You're going to miss her temporarily, but only temporarily, because you will be joining her a lot quicker than you think. And finally, in World War II, Y'all remember Pearl Harbor? The Japanese pulled a sneak attack on American forces. But I don't know if they would have been as successful on that attack as they were had we heeded the warnings that had been given to us 
that they were coming. For instance, we had developed radar and it had been installed on one of the mountains over there around Pearl Harbor and it went off signaling there were planes coming in. But those who were interpreting that said these are American planes and in fact they were Japanese planes. On top of that there were verbal warnings given to some at Pearl Harbor that were ignored. Not misunderstood, but ignored. So when the Japanese planes came in, there was nobody much there to do anything to stop them. Now, I want to conclude with this. God has given us and will continue to give His children protection. Don't worry about that because He promised that. But He continues to send out His warnings to this world and this country of His plans if his directives will not be heeded. The question is, will those that know him not follow those directives? I do not know. The warnings are coming in on a daily basis. It may come at some point, just like at Pearl Harbor, that you and I will be required to defend our faith. And there is no issue but that God requires us to defend His faith. But when it comes, we will be provided the weapons that we need to defend it. And may I tell you, like Elisha did, open their eyes, and then what did he do to the enemy? He said, blind them, dear Lord. And then after God blinded them, what did he do? He lined them up, and walked them over to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said, well, you want me to kill them? And Elisha says, no, no, we don't kill this. Feed them and send them back. And they did. But can you see that great army 
of the king of Aram that was there to destroy Israel being lined up one in front with his arm on him because they were blind, they could not see. Elisha leading them down the pathway. The angels of God up there with their swords pulled and riding on their chariots ready to do whatever God said do. Can you picture that? Can I tell you something today? And this is what I want you to leave with. Don't be afraid of what's going on in this world right now. We may not like it. It may be cruel. It may be uh, what they're doing unlawful. Maybe hateful. But I can promise you that the angels of God with their swords drawn and their chariots are lined up. And when God lines them up on both sides of us, there's nobody going to get to us. Don't let what's happening scare you. You're a child of God. may not like it, but God will protect you. We will have an invitation. This church accepts people the way all Baptist churches do, by letter, by baptism, by statement. If the Holy Spirit moves,